Well, hello, uh, this is Dr. Fees, a sports medicine uh, specialist at Connecticut Children's. I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, concussion today and hopefully give everybody some, some pointers of how to uh, manage this in the, in the outpatient setting. I think the first thing that I like to tell patients is to remind them that uh, a concussion is a functional injury to the brain and not a structural injury to the brain, that there is no mass, tumor, bleeding, bruising, swelling, uh, et cetera, that, that occurs in, in this injury. And then it's really more of a functional and, and uh, you know, a microscopic injury uh, that we don't see on standard imaging modalities. And when, if you are managing, um, you know, these individuals in the outpatient setting, you know, they're, they're likely you know, probably more than six hours outside of their injury and, and utility or, or concern for intracranial hemorrhage after that point, if they haven't declared themselves uh, to, to have one is, is essentially uh, zero. So that takes a lot of that concern, um, you know, off the, off the table if you're managing these people in, in an outpatient setting. Uh, so, you know, I think that provides, will hopefully provide them some, some reassurance and that, and then really, you know, when you extrapolate that further, there's almost, uh, almost no need for imaging and management of sort of standard, standard concussion. You know, a couple of things to, uh, to remember, uh, considering that it is a, it is a functional injury and not a structural one is that we want to get these patients back to being functional as, as soon as possible. So when you look at, you know, most, um, uh, large uh, children's hospital systems and their concussion guidelines, you know, a lot of them won't give you more than three days off type of thing from, uh, from school. And I agree with that, that we need to sort of get uh, kids back to normal um, and interacting as, as soon as possible, because this can become a psychological injury as well. Once you take this athlete uh, out of their sport, uh, away from their friends, outside of their academic setting. And, I try to make it simple, um, you know, for, for these uh, individuals by telling them that they have two rules. Don't ignore their symptoms and don't put themselves in a situation where, where they can get another concussion. Because having an isolated, treat, treated, healed concussion is really of no long-term consequence. There's no evidence that, that uh, you know, that, that causes people, uh, people uh, problems in the, in the long term. We know that people that have multiple healed uh, multiple sort of unhealed concussions, one on top of the other. Uh, we definitely know that those uh, individuals have uh, can have problems long term, but isolated, treated, healed concussions uh, typically do not. So again, the two rules: don't ignore your symptoms, don't put yourself in a situation where you can get another one. I also tell people to sort of do this under the umbrella of normalizing their their life as much as possible, because this whole idea of cocoonings or sort of sitting in the corner, staring at the wall, waiting for this thing to go away is, is not necessary and is actually not helpful, uh, ultimately, in, in concussion recovery. So we, we want to get them back to doing the things that they normally do, you know, TV, music, movies, their phone. You know, a lot of people come in and say, yeah, I you know, kept their phone away uh, just because they're concussed. That actually doesn't help them either. So I always try to say that, you know, whatever the uh, whatever the house rules uh, allow, uh, you know, get get back to that as soon as possible to, again, keep this from becoming a psychological uh, injury as well. So usually my initial sort of accommodations for uh, for school for these individuals is sort of part time uh, going to full days as tolerated. Uh, and then also, you know, giving them other accommodations, such as if they want to wear sunglasses at school, leave the uh, class early to avoid a noisy hallway, those types of things to sort of set them up for success. Because 
if you just keep somebody out, um, you know, for a long period of time, now they have this huge pile of academic work to catch up with as well, which doesn't uh, doesn't help them and adds to the stress and anxiety of this of this injury. So again, trying to normalize things uh, sort of as, as much as possible. And other accommodations sometimes um, that we frequently utilize is you know extra time for tests, no more than one test per day, pre-printed notes if they uh, if they need it uh, as well. And then I usually put in there uh, also, you know, allow them to go to the nurse's office if they need to take a little bit of break. And I also counsel the kids that, uh, you know, if you can go to the nurse's office, take a little bit of a break, improve your symptoms, and then, you know, get back to class. That's, that's the ideal, again, to normalize things as, as much as possible. Some mild symptom exacerbation is okay, actually, as long as in the big picture, um, that there's over, overall improvement, okay? Because a lot of times people sort of, you know, fixate on, oh, I have a headache and uh, it got slightly worse and, and sort of pull the plug on the day type of thing. It, it's okay to have a little bit of fluctuation and some mild symptom exacerbation, again, as long as uh, ultimately we're, we're sort of uh, moving in the right direction. I frequently get asked that, you know, when, because a lot of times uh, concussed individuals will have just sort of a baseline uh, you know, underlying headache. And that's okay too, as long as uh, their symptoms overall are not getting worse. So even if they have a headache, uh, again, some mild symptom exacerbation is okay, but to still sort of try to, again, normalize things as, as much as possible. The one exception to the two rules that I always, um, you know, say, which again are don't ignore your symptoms, don't put yourself in a situation where you can get another concussion is some daily light aerobic physical activity. So some brisk walking 20 minutes every day, regardless of symptoms, because there's good evidence that shows that that elevation of heart rate and blood pressure can actually help reset that chemical imbalance that's present, uh, that's present in, in concussion and, and make people uh, feel better. So 20 minutes of brisk walking every day, regardless of symptoms. And really if, if um, you know, your patient can do that without symptoms, the, you can step them up to jogging, treadmill elliptical, uh, and from there to running, sprinting, light weights, that type of thing. So some independent aerobic physical activity uh, is great. It can help in the recovery process. And again, from the psychological aspect of it, you're giving an athlete who's, who's used to, um, you know, potentially more physical activity, uh, some, something to uh, do and, and, and work at uh, as well. So that can, be, that can be a benefit. And then even with the kids with the vestibular dysfunction, that outdoor, um, uh, you know, brisk walking where they're forcing their, uh, their brain to process the horizon and the forward motion is its own form of vestibular, uh, vestibular therapy. And speaking of vestibular um, dysfunction in, in concussion, uh, you know, you know it's, the, it's the patient that's complaining a lot about uh, light sensitivity, difficulty with the act of reading, you know, bothersome computer screens, and car rides are bothering them, uh, things of that nature, of course, are always sort of clues to uh, vestibular dysfunction, as well as when you examine them, uh, seeing a lot of saccadic abnormalities or increased nystagmus, that, that, that type of thing. Um, so I typically will not initiate um, vestibular physical therapy in the, in the first two weeks, because a lot of times the light aerobic physical activity um, and those accommodations can help them uh, sort of get, get past it. And a lot of times it settles, settles on its own, but if it's persistent or it's very severe from the beginning, I will initiate a course of uh, vestibular therapy targeting 
one to two visits per week and, and daily home exercises, as well as the uh, aerobic physical activity piece to help, uh, to help those individuals uh, recover. So that can be uh, sort of a useful tool in your toolbox if we're having sort of refractory symptoms. But, but the, um, you know, the reality of it is, is that when, you see, when you're seeing concussed individuals and your repeat evaluations, it's really, you know, looking for forward progress, right? So as long as we're uh, moving in the, right, in the right direction, even if there is the, uh, you know, presence of known vestibular dysfunction is sort of all, all that matters. But the, the physical therapy piece of it can, can sometimes help you accelerate uh, their, their recovery. Now, uh, typically when I see a concussed individual, I will see them back about you know, two weeks after the initial appointment and then sort of depending on, on um, how their progress is, is going from there so that you're not pulling these kids into the office uh, all, the, all the time. And again, forward progress is, is really all we need. Uh, and a lot of those follow-up visits, I always start, you know, are you doing better, worse, or no different? And then I try to have them give me a percentage of what they are back to back to normal as somewhat of a guide to sort of, uh, you know, help me figure out when I want to see that, uh, that individual uh, back. Other, you know, things that, that I routinely tell um, I can cost individuals uh, as well is that there's some, you know, very basic things like good rest, good nutrition, lots of fluids. We can tell all our patients that about almost any injury or illness, but that's definitely important in, uh, in concussion. And, you know, sleep is probably, you know, the, the number one thing to give the, uh, the patient some restore, restorative sleep. So, uh, you know, as far as like napping during the day and that type of thing, and we'll tell them that, you know, if you want to sleep during the day, no problem, uh, as long as you're not sleeping so much during the day that it, that it flips your, uh, your days and nights type of, type of thing. And then, you know, ultimately, uh, when they get back to 100%, you know, I like to see them doing some higher level uh, physical activities, such as running, sprinting, that kind of thing without symptoms. And I like them to be 100% for about 10 to 14 days. So sort of a buffer zone there, if you will, uh, before they get back to contact or collision activities. Now, when you're looking at uh, returning to contact or collision activities, you know, um, most high school kids in their, in their organized sports will have an athletic trainer that will take them through a graded return to physical activity. So I try to incorporate that into that uh, 10 to 14 days so that they've advanced their physical activity and then can ultimately, uh, can ultimately um, return uh, safely with the guidance of the, uh, of the athletic trainer. So, you know, typically, you know, things go pretty smoothly. Sometimes you get the refractory uh, symptoms where, uh, you know, kids just can't break their headache cycle, that, that type of thing. So I kind of graduate up uh, the medication ladder, um, you know, if I feel that that's necessary uh, to institute some medication, you know, the typical sort of Tylenol Motrin type of thing doesn't often touch concussion headaches, um, but if it does, uh, great. I also tell patients don't chase down the headache to resolution because you might not uh, be able to, to achieve that. Um, but if they're, if they're in so much discomfort that they can't sit there in peace, then that might be a time to try the Tylenol, Motrin, uh, Aleve, etc. Et Sometimes a trial of ciproheptadine uh, can be beneficial. Um, it's kind of a flip of a coin if it, if it works or not, but uh, that's kind of low-hanging fruit because it's, it's you know great side effect profile. Uh, and then, you know, sometimes we'll graduate that up to amitriptyline, um, which of course is, you know, used frequently uh, in headaches. I typically start at about 10 milligrams and then 
will make the step from 10 to, to 25 if, if I need to. I don't uh, typically taper them off at that uh, 10 milligram mark, but will uh, slightly for the, if they do accelerate to 25 uh, milligrams. But, you know, you often don't need to go sort of beyond that. And if you're look, looking at uh, treating somebody with amitriptyline, uh, make sure you go back and kind of review, are they having um, cervicogenic headaches? Or are they having vestibular dysfunction? Because concomitantly physical therapy can often uh, help break that cycle uh, of symptoms uh, as well. You know, you'll often get asked uh, by patients like, okay, th this is their third concussion or, or fourth concussion. The actual number of concussions doesn't uh, uh, really matter in the, in the big picture. Again, as long as they're getting back to 100% in between these events, having that buffer zone of time and having appropriate reasons to have a concussion. You know, the, the, the situation changes a bit if people are having more and more frequent concussions with less and less of an appropriate reason um, to, to have a uh, concussion. And that's a, that's a different uh, conversation. And, and I'm happy to see those folks too, if you come across um, in, in your practice, because uh, that is a little bit, a uh, little bit of a discussion, but just to sort of, uh, you know, reassure the patients that all we need is forward progress, that they're moving in, in the right direction, that most people, um, the vast, vast majority of people make a full uh, recovery from, from concussion. The one, the one sort of caveat of some of that is in the phenomenon of post-traumatic headaches and people with previous headache history or strong family history of, of migraines. Sometimes their, um, uh, their headache potential can get unmasked by uh, a concussive episode. It doesn't mean that they're still concussed, but that their headache potential has been uh, reached or, or, or lowered. You know, we also sometimes see that um, with kids with um, ADD, anxiety, depression, that, that type of thing too, where sometimes uh, the concussive injury can unmask that, that potential and people feel that um, their symptoms are due to uh, the concussion when it's really just an exacerbation of their, of their underlying, uh, underlying issue. But to sort of, you know, give you a quick, summary, the two things, again, that we should be counseling our patients on when they are concussed, don't ignore your symptoms. Don't put yourself in a situation where you can get another concussion. The one exception to those rules is some daily light aerobic physical activity where that elevation of heart rate and blood pressure for 20 minutes or so can help uh, in, in concussion recovery. You know, have a low threshold to start physical therapy if you're feeling that their headaches are coming from their neck or if they have uh, obvious vestibular uh, dysfunction, and then graduate up the uh, uh, ladder, if you will, from a medication standpoint, if we're having sort of refractory headaches. So hopefully those tips will help you, um, you know, with the outpatient management uh, 